0: BLOB TALK RADIO
1: Beautiful. Help us sing it to you tonight, Lord.
0: Your feet is where I wanna be.
1: I'm home when I am here with
2: you.
1: Ruined by your grace and never by your gaze. I can't
0: resist the tenderness of you. There's a deep desire that's burning like a.
3: God, welcome back to Prayer International Radio.
4: Just taking some time to worship the Lord. Sorry about the delay there. Um, I had the mute button. Uh, I need on. switch for the off. The headset here. Anyways, just uh, wanted to acknowledge everybody in the chat room, everybody listening by phone. We just want to speak some prayers, declare the Word of God, and just lift up our friends that have Come to join us tonight If you're just tuning in This is Prayer International Radio You can reach us at www.prayerinternational.org Give us a call at 619-638-8458 If you want to listen in Or uh, call in to go live Just want to speak a blessing Of our friends The uh Marvin and Deborah Tonight out of Garland, Texas Also our friend Patrick Out of Garland, Texas as well uh, just lifting him up, lifting them up, declaring the will of God over their lives. Looks like we've got quite a full chat room tonight, so just want to thank those of you that join us in the chat room. And uh, we're very thankful for that. It looks like we've got Cirrus, Exposing Demons, a couple guests, Blast X, No More, and Patrick, there you are again, and Patrick Gregg. Good to see you, Patrick Gregg, all the way from New Jersey haven't seen you in here in a while, so our our prayers and blessings to you, brother. Uh, Just praying for your ministry out there. Just pray that it thrives. And also, we've got Pumpkin13 in the chat room just speaking the will of God, declaring the will of God, declaring the kingdom of God over your lives tonight, that God would have his way in your life. God would have his way in your families, in your ministries whatever you put your hand to would prosper. You know, we want to help you cultivate an attitude of worship, help you cultivate an attitude of prayer, begin to g- develop a deep hunger and a deep thirst for the Word of God. You know, it's one thing for us as men, uh, Sean and I, and anyone that joins the platform to speak or to teach or to preach or to pray. But it's another thing when you truly encounter the spirit and the presence of the living God on your own in that secret place of the most high. You know, and as I talking about the secret place, you know, the Bible says that when we pray to the Father, we're to shut the door. We're to enter the closet or enter our secret place and shut the door. And when we pray to say, and Jesus said the prayer that we're supposed to say or modeled a prayer that we're supposed to say in the Word of God, and that prayer was, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What he was doing is he was acknowledging his heavenly Father. He was making a connection with heaven and earth. And in the midst of that, he was acknowledging God's holiness, the fact that he was consecrated, set apart, sanctified, he was separate from everything else, but yet God's desire was to be one with his people. And so by hallowing his name or or honoring or worshiping, consecrating his name, he was basically saying, God, I set you apart. I set you above. There's no one like you. There is no other God like you. There's nothing that compares to you. You know, in our lives, we have to get that mindset. We have to get that mentality, what we call a a heavenly mentality or spiritual mentality, mentality. Because, see, the carnal mind, when we begin to do things out of our carnal thinking, out of our carnal lust, when we begin to do things out of our carnal desires, the Bible says it's enmity with God. We become God's enemies sometimes in the midst of our lifestyle. And that's why the Lord wants us to have a lifestyle and a mindset that are pleasing and acceptable to God. You know, David said he hid the word in his, in his heart. He hid. God's Word, Scripture, in his heart so that he would not sin against God. And a lot of times we need to have that spiritual compass, that, that spiritual barometer, that the thing that tells us the difference between what is acceptable to God and what is not acceptable to God. But unless you have the Word of God as your measuring stick or your, your rule or your instrument, whatever you call it, the tool that shows you the difference. A lot of times it's easy to just be very loose and very gray in our Christianity rather than making things black and white. But Jesus didn't came to destroy or abolish the law. He came to fulfill it. He came to complete it.
3: In fact, under the law, if a man committed murder, he was charged with murder if he was caught.
4: But under the new covenant, Jesus said, even if you have hate for your brother, even if you have hate in your heart for your brother or sister, or for your, your family members, or for your friends, even if you don't love your enemies, if you don't pray for those that, that despitefully use you, if you don't bless those that curse you, Jesus says basically you're guilty of murder. So it's funny because, you know, we think that the, the old covenant had so many hard stipulations. But yet the way Jesus preached, if you look at it, he was real clear about some things. He said, Hey, the the new covenant's a little weightier.
3: The new covenant holds some different standards. And so as we seek out God, as we seek out
4: Christ, as we ask him to download his mindsets, his
3: mentalities, his perspective into our lives, we can then start to cultivate a heart
4: towards him, cultivate a heart that's full of his ways, full of his words,
3: full of his wonders, full of his worship. Yeah, there you go. Matthew five forty four. Right there. Love your
4: enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Matthew five forty four. That's what I'm talking about. Now these are the words of Christ. He says, you know, under the new covenant, I'm sorry, under the old covenant, if you were guilty of adultery or guilty of fornication, you were were put to death. Under the New Covenant, even if you looked at a woman, you looked at a man
3: lustfully, you've already committed adultery in your heart. That's why it's important what we let into our eye gate, what we
4: let into our ear gate, what we let into our mind, because eventually those things are going to manifest in our hearts. And the Bible says, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And whenever we speak something into the earth, we have life and death in the power of our tongue and we eat the fruit of it. In other words, whatever you speak out of your mouth is going to come into your life. So it's very important in, in that place of prayer, in that place of meditation on God, that what you're praying about in your closet or in a group or with people, and what you're reading and meditating and declaring about that you read in the Word of God and meditate on what God says, that even in your everyday conversation, You begin to allow your words to line up with your prayers. Allow your words to line up with the word of God. Why? Because it's one thing to pray for healing, to pray for prosperity, to pray for deliverance, but then with your mouth all day long, you're talking poverty and defeat. You're talking bondages
3: and addictions. You're talking lack. You're talking sickness. What happens? Your words
4: begin to stifle your breakthroughs in prayer. Your words begin to hinder what the Lord wants to do among you and in you and through you. It's very important that we get a grip on what comes out of our mouths. We get a handle on it. We have an understanding of it. We bridle our tongue like the book of James talks about. Because it's like a rudder that steers the ship. And if you want to steer the course of your life in the course
3: of God, in the direction that God's ordained for you, you've got to be careful what comes out of your mouth. You declare and decree things, but declare and decree things what the Lord says unto you. makes a big difference in your prayer life. It makes a big difference in how
4: you receive. It also makes a big difference, obviously, in what you believe,
3: which in in turn makes a difference in what you receive. But, you know, as, as a child, nobody taught me these things. As a teenager, I got a hold of a few of
4: them, but over the years, some of these things became quite clear to me that
3: If we're always talking defeat, if we're always talking sickness, if we're always talking addictions and bondages, and talking about the negative, then we're going to begin to experience those things. We're going to have whatsoever we say, like Jesus put it. You know, when he said speak to your mountain, he wasn't talking about necessarily a physical mountain.
4: But see, in our lives we have obstacles. In our lives we have challenges. In our life we have things, storms and circumstances that we go through.
3: But we've got to learn how to speak to them. We've got to learn how to use the power of our words as
4: directed by the word of God and by the Holy Spirit. And we begin to speak and decree and declare those things that God has foreordained in our lives, and all of a
3: sudden we'll begin to watch them come to pass. So God is calling. God is calling. Titus 1.16, they profess that they know God,
4: but in works they deny him, being abominable and disobedient, and that every good word reprobate. See, a lot of times we can confess God with our mouth, but we deny him with our lifestyle. He says, you honor me with your lips, but your heart's apart from me. Why? Because he knows the things that we allow into our hearts. He knows the things. And he's looking for hearts that are his. He's looking for men and women that will truly seek him out. Seek out his plans and purposes for their lives. That they'll get the confession of God. See, the the Bible says, whose report shall you believe in in the book of Isaiah? Will you believe the Lord's report or the doctor's report? Will you believe the Lord's report or the creditor's report? Will you believe the Lord's report? or all the negative reports around you, at some point you're going to have to make a choice. The Bible says, speak and declare things not as though they are, which means sometimes it's not about speaking a fairy tale or, or saying things, you know, to lying. Or, it's not, I'm talking about lying, but what it's saying is just because you see something with your eyes, realize that what you're looking at is just the temporal. What you're looking at is just the temporary. And there's an eternal that carries a little weightier presence with it and sometimes we don't see the eternal things manifested in our natural sometimes we don't think think that God's going to turn something around because we're looking at the circumstances and the situations in our life but if we begin to trust God to turn those things around we'll begin to trust God to have his way in the midst of it no matter how messed up it looks no matter how messed up it feels we begin to ask God, God, turn the situation around. Turn the situation around. Lord, your word says. Lord, your word says. Your Bible declares. And we begin to confess the word of God over our lives. And I don't mean just for a week or a month. Sometimes it takes years. Sometimes it takes seasons. Sometimes things are instant. But I believe even those instant things happen because you you allow the word of God to up in your heart And not that you just know it and can quote it But that it becomes a living reality to your heart That you understand the word of God in the depth of your soul That you understand the depth of, of God in, in a relationship And that what he says he truly means And it's not because you religiously say Well God says it and that settles it Although that may be true But it comes with a relationship and an understanding and a knowing who God is and that he does what he says and he is who he says he is. And it takes time to cultivate that type of relationship where you have an understanding and a confidence and a trust with your heavenly Father. See, when Jesus said, Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name, his first thing was your kingdom come and your will be done. He established the priorities of his life. He established the priorities of the kingdom in his life. First, he had a faith and a confidence in who his father was. But then he knew that if there's plans that seem right to a man, but the end of it is death. There are certain ways that we think are good ways, but the Bible says his thoughts are far above our thoughts. His ways are high above our ways. And he's got plans, and he's got ways, and he's got thoughts. Above what you could ever imagine or think, and so sometimes you have to begin to establish the priorities of God in your life. Sometimes you need to begin to examine and review those plans and those purposes, and and have an understanding of what the Father wants in this situation, or what what does the Father say about this person, or what is God's heart towards this person, and as you begin to know the heart of God. As you begin to understand the word of God, as you begin to understand the mind of the spirit, and you begin to see where people are at in the scheme of things, you'll be able to respond to them in a godly way, in a spiritual way. Always when we speak truth, it needs to be in love. Always when we need to operate and do things, it it, it needs to be in love. Faith works by love. We speak the truth in love. Love is the greater gift. We need to realize that that's the bottom line. So whenever you operate out of that, then the joy and the peace and the patience, the long-suffering, the goodness, the self-control, all that stuff, the meekness, the temperance, the faithfulness, all of that operates because of your love, relationship with the Father. And we don't love him just for the sake of loving him. The Bible says we love him because he first loved us, which means you have to have an understanding of his love for you. You have to have an understanding of his heart towards you. You have to have an understanding of how he feels towards you before you can develop this spiritual attitude, this Christ-like attitude. And then you take it further, but the Bible says that you can only love your neighbor as yourself. Well, how are you going to love yourself unless you see yourself the way God sees you? How are you going to love yourself unless you're in right standing with God? Otherwise, you're going to have a seared conscience. It's going to be hard to even live with yourself. You know, sometimes we get around the holiness of God, and we start to begin to see how unworthy we really are, which brings us to that place of repentance where we can clean up our acts and get those things right before God. and then. All of a sudden, just that that, that pleasure and that, that understanding, all of a sudden we realize we, we're pleasing to the Father. The Father's pleased. The Father's pleased. And I'm not saying it's a works-based religion, but I am saying that faith and trust and reliance on God will bring you to a place where you want to do good works, where you want to do things that please the Father. That when When he's offended, you're offended. When he's upset and grieved, you're upset and grieved. When he's pleased and happy, you become pleased and happy. Because, see, Christianity is an aligning of yourself with the kingdom of God and becoming one with the Father. That's how Jesus taught us. Jesus said, I pray, Father, that they be one like you and I are one. I pray that they be in unity. Psalm 133 commands the blessing of unity. says that the Lord commands a blessing. When brothers and sisters are gathered together in one accord, or gathered together in unity, there the Lord commands the blessing. And it begins to equate it with the anointing oil that was poured upon the head of Aaron, which we can read about in the book of Leviticus, chapter 8 and 9. And you see when that oil was poured, there was an anointing and there was a commissioning there was an honoring. There was a approval of God that was put on that. And when you become one and you begin to learn to be in unity, now that doesn't mean just everybody get together and agree. What that means is everybody get together because you agree with what God says. You can get with all kinds of people and agree with them, but it doesn't always command God's blessing. You need to get with the people that agree with God. Get with the people that agree with the word of God. Get with the people that agree with what God says. When you get in unity with those type of people when you exercise your faith, then you'll begin to see some mountains moving and some things shaking and some prayers answered and
3: some blessings coming into the picture. we're all called.
4: Hey, Cheryl. Just want to speak a blessing over Wendy, over Ed, over Patrick, over Cheryl, Lost X, Patriot Greg, Pumpkin 13. God bless you guys.
3: God bless you guys tonight. the Lord is calling us to a higher place God bless you Marvin and Deborah God's calling us to a higher place we'll begin to agree with him we'll begin to agree with his plans and his purposes for our lives you know the Lord has created us for good works for good things
4: Everything that we need for for the things of God, we've been given it. All things pertaining to life and God with us. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Read the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. Every spiritual blessing, everything that you're going to need is in your life or is in somebody's life around you or is in a opportunity or even a circumstance that's coming into your life. And you just have to be sensitive enough to recognize what the Spirit of God wants you to extract out of that situation or out of that crisis or out of that opportunity or out of that circumstance or out of that person that's in your life. There's things that we have to extract. The benefits of God are extracted because God
3: sets it up for us. We have to recognize it. We have to recognize it. Just like God said, behold, I'll do a new thing,
4: will you not perceive it? In other words, are you going to recognize it? God's trying to do something in your life. Are you going to be able to acknowledge and discern what the Lord is saying or doing or who the Lord wants to use in your life next? And listen, sometimes God's blessings come packaged in ways we try to reach out through the flesh or through our religious thinking or we try to, figure out the way we know God's going to do it, and he doesn't do it that way at all. He does it completely different. But we have to be open and vulnerable to the Spirit of God and ask God, God, show me your ways. God, show me your glory. God, show me. Give me your thoughts on this situation, Lord. Lead me in the right way, Father. Lead me in the path, Lord. Order my steps, Father. Lord, give me divine appointments and divine connections in my life that are going to put me in the right position for the promises of your kingdom. God's trying to rightly position us, but we have to
3: take that step. We have to be open to the Spirit of God. The Lord is pointing out. He's raising up a generation of people
4: He wants sons and daughters that will prophesy. He wants a prophetic people of God that won't just sit around and tell you when when your next car is coming or when your next big financial blessing is coming, but sons and daughters that are in tune with the heart of God, sons and daughters that are in line with the Spirit of God that will declare the Lord's bidding, declare the Lord's works, declare the Lord's ways, and sometimes prophecy when it comes forth It's not some tickle your ears kind of thing. Tickle your ears and pat you on the back and send you home with butterflies and rainbows. Sometimes the prophecies of God are just straight up words from God that will bring you into an alignment with his kingdom. And some of those things are positive. Some of those things are negative. Some of those things are very hard to deal with. It all depends on how out of line your life is with God's kingdom. But God is going to make a point to shift you into his purposes no matter how hard it is. The Bible says the Lord chastens those he loves. There's a chastening. There's a discipline. There's an aligning. Sometimes when things get in alignment, like when my wife has to go to the chiropractor and they're trying to align things in her life, they're trying to align things in her back, in her neck, Sometimes it's a painful process. Why? Because those places are misaligned. They're not in tune. They're not in step. They're not where they need to be. And so, when the chiropractor is pressing on the neck, pressing on the back, doing this, adjusting this, changing this, sometimes it becomes a painful thing for her. But what they're trying to do is get her to a place where she can function properly. She can walk and and move and lift and and bend and do these things the way that she was created to do. Bring her back to her original purpose in her body. And see, God is doing that with his body, the body of Christ. He is tweaking and fine-tuning and adjusting and pressing and pushing and turning and twisting and popping and stretching. Why? Because he wants to get you back to your original purpose. He wants to get you back to the original thing he created you to do. He wants to get you in line, in proper alignment, so you can fulfill the purposes of God in your life. And sometimes the adjusting process can be very painful. It all depends on how misaligned, how misinformed, or how out of whack your life really is. But God is calling us. God is calling us to a higher place in Him, and we've got to have a hearing ear. We've got to not let our hearts be hardened. We've got to guard our hearts and be careful what we let in, but we have to be open and, and not take offenses up and and not harden our hearts. Why? That way we can hear His voice. We can remain pliable and sensitive and open to what the Spirit of God is saying. We have to have our eyes fixed on Jesus, looking unto him, not turning to the right or the left. Pulling the beam out of our eyes so to see why, because it will blur and blind our vision. That's why we have to allow God's correction into our life. But correction comes as a byproduct of affection. God loves you, and he's going to correct you. Because he loves you. He's going to discipline you. Because he loves you. He's got an affection towards you. Therefore he's going to bring correction into your life. Now there's some people that need a correction. There's some people that need a resurrection. Because they're so dead. And, and completely far removed. From the things of God. That they actually need an awakening. They actually need a resurrection. They need God that's completely. Just do a redo over in their life. It all depends on where you're at. And everybody's walk is different.
3: God bless Jack's show. I just saw you in there, Jack's show. A couple
4: guests. Hey, God bless you. Thanks for joining in. A chat room wanna acknowledge everybody that's here tonight. Look we're gonna we're praying. We're lifting you up. Looks like we got sanctify nine thousand and one on the line.
3: You know, I'm just gonna keep kinda of rolling with it tonight. And we'll uh we'll answer the call here in a little bit. But,
4: um, you know, that's the deal. God is trying to align.
3: God is trying to do a work. God is trying to show us what he's all about. Praise the Lord. You know, he's a good God. Let me pray for you guys.
4: We're going to shift into a little bit of music, and I'm going to check the uh, calls on the line. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just lift up your holy name. Father, I lift you up, and I lift up every person tonight that's listening. Lord, we pray for Marvin and Deborah. We pray for Wendy. We pray for Reno. We pray for Jack from Jack's show. We pray for our guests. We pray for Cheryl and JC Overcomer Ministries. We pray for Patrick. Patriot Greg, Pumpkin13, Lottestag. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord God, that you would help them, Lord, to to just get a focus and get an understanding, have a trust, have a reliance on you. Lord, we pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that you'd help them to believe your report and not the report that's in the world. Father, you'd put that confidence and that trust and that deep faith down on the inside of each and every one of them Lord that would bring them to a higher place in you that would bring them to a place where their eyes of their understanding are flooded with light and they know the hope of their calling they understand the assignment and the purposes of God in their lives. father bring them to a place of your presence and your glory where they feel you where they acknowledge you where they know that the God of heaven is present with me And that's what we all need to know is that God's present with us. Father, thank you that you show us that you're here. You show us that you're among us. You reveal to us your glory and your plan. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just ask, Lord God, have your way. Have your way, have your kingdom, have your purposes and your will
3: and your wisdom tonight. give you praise we give you praise thank you Lord so we just pray for Jack I want to pray for Jack's show the Jack on Jack show
4: right now in the name of Jesus Father I pray Lord that you would reveal yourself to him in a mighty way Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would do a work in his life, Lord, that would let him see the truth, let him see the King of Glory, let him realize that you're more than just a Bible study, more than just
3: a Sunday school lesson. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you'd
4: reveal truth to him and remove the blinders off of his eyes. Give him faith to believe, Lord. Give him an encounter with your Holy Spirit. Arrange the circumstances in his life where he meets the living God. He understands who the living God is. And, Father, I pray that you would be relentless in your pursuit of Jack. And, Father, you would not let go until he knows you. You would not let go until he has an encounter with the living God. You would not let go
3: until he experiences you in a real way. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray your will be done and your kingdom come over Jack's life.
4: Father, I pray that you would just give him evidence and reveal yourself to him in a mighty way. Father, you said in your word, only the fool says in his heart there is no God. But, Father, you have at some point reached all of us fools that didn't believe you. We didn't experience you. We never knew about you, Father? But you made yourself real to us
3: and you showed us who you were and who you are and who you always will be. Father, I pray for Jack right
4: now. Lord, Holy Spirit, run after him. Holy Spirit,
3: do a work in his life that is undeniable, irrefutable. Holy Spirit, reach out to him in a real powerful way. Father, we just pray, Lord,
4: in agreement, Lord, and I know all the brothers and sisters in you, Lord, out there are lifting up Jack right now. We're praying for him to have a Paul, a Saul of Tarsus who became Paul encounter, where you do whatever you've got to do, Lord, to let him know you're the living God, What you've done in many of
3: our lives, Father, do for him. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And just so you know,
4: and I'll, I'm going to click over in a minute, but we believe in Bible creation, or at least I do. I know Sean does, but the other host of the show. And uh, even Darwin himself has some uh, thoughts about creation at the end and kind of thought his, his old deal was a mess. I do believe things are constantly evolving. I do believe that things do evolve. But I do believe that God is the creator and God has created man. God has created the earth and everything therein. All things by him were created for his good pleasure. And, you know, I don't know where you're from, but I know there's plenty of uh, evidence out there that supports creation every bit as much as there may be some stuff out there that wants to point to evolution. But the Bible the Bible even says things, things change. Things things adapt. So I, I do believe there's adaptation. I do believe there's a changing and things are constantly evolving. That's you know, that's totally true there. But I do believe that all things were created by God and for him and for his good pleasure but they were created with the ability to adapt and to change. And so we'll get into that sometime. Right now, I just want to speak a blessing over everybody. If you guys sit tight, I'm going to break for a song. Kind of check out the callers on the call line, see what's going on. And we'll be right back. So if you're just tuning in, this is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. I'll be your host tonight. Just want you to call in, if you can, 619-638-8458. Also, you can check out our website at www.prayerinternational.org. You can email us
3: at prayer at prayerinternational.org.
0: No, he was silent. Like a man to the slaughter, he was silent. In his patience, he endured. But I know the end of the story. And we're only at the beginning of the beginning.
5: divine encounter want to be lost in the raging fire that flows from your throne, oh God. fire. Ministered to him. 10,000 times 10,000 stood before the throne. And the court was
2: seated, and the books were opened.
5: Throne of God gazing on fire Waiting,
2: watching, watching. The books are
5: open. They're being opened before the throne of God. The ancient of days, he rises, consume, consume with blazing torches. The fire attracts. It draws the multitude to stand before him. flaming fire. inheritance oh God to stand before the great white throne to be lost in the river of holy fire holy romance holy
0: fire. I want to be lost in this holy
5: fire. oh we love to camp around your throne oh God light standing before the throne forever and ever